Hello and welcome everybody to the She Rises Studios podcast. I'm your host, Angela Bell, and I am really excited about our guest today, Ms. Sherry Dixon. Sherry is the owner of Sherry Dixon Consulting, and she works with educators and small businesses to help them build the life that they dream. Um, Sherry is a elementary school principal and has been working with educators to really help them understand that teachers are superheroes. She believes that teachers are in and of themselves superheroes and really believes in working the the people that work with, you know, our children and help build them up during their formative years. So thank you so much for joining me today, Sherry. It's a pleasure to have you here. Yes. Thank you, Angela. I'm excited to be here. Could you kind of expand a little bit more, tell our audience a little more about what it is you do and how you work with people? Absolutely. So for the past 28 years, I was in public education and I actually left my principal job at the end of May, which was super scary all in of itself. Um, And at the time, I was thinking that I was going to go into the life coaching realm, working with women, helping them, especially empty nesters and maybe those in the midlife, um, just because that those were my experiences. But as I left my office on that last day in May, I missed it already. I missed working with teachers and helping them grow and be their very best because I mean, our children are our future. And as you mentioned, teachers were very important to me growing up. And so I want to continue to give back. And not only that, but when I was a principal, I would be hired to come into challenging schools. So schools that um, were having some difficulties and I would have to rebuild the team and put some processes in place to fix those schools within a year's time so that they wouldn't be taken over by the state. And I loved that work too. I loved everything about it, the problem solving, the leadership, the encouragement of others. And so when I left, I pivoted shortly after. So by the 1st of July of this year, I kind of changed my whole direction. And now I work with teachers, more so new teachers to help them really build their skills so that they continue to love the profession. Because we have a really big problem here in the United States. I'm not sure about other countries, but we have a big teacher shortage. And unless we do something about supporting these new people coming into this profession, they're going to leave within the first five years. Statistics tell us that. And we need good people. We need people that have the skill set. We need people who have the heart to work with our children. And not only that, but then the leaders, the leaders need to be able to be supported as well. So I do some mentorship for new principals. And then I kind of pivoted a little bit and I started working with small businesses, about 100 employees or less helping them scale to that next level, using my turnaround processes, using my transformational leadership skills to help them really build that business that they set out to do at the beginning. Nobody wants to just be average, right? Everybody wants to have this amazing business. And with my support, we can definitely get you there. I love it. That's amazing. Now, I know we have a teacher shortage here in Canada too. And um, I find looking out and just with the last, the events of the last four years, much like moms, teachers are kind of that default stopgap where it's like, oh, we've got 
a nutrition problem, it's okay. The teachers are going to look after it. Oh, we've got a childcare problem. Don't worry. Teachers got it. We've got, you know, mental health problems while the teachers will, will look after it. And I can't imagine, I've never been a teacher. I can't imagine, you know, carrying that, that pressure, not only as a mother, but as part of my everyday job as well. So what can we do to support teachers more to, or how, how do you help teachers support themselves more? Well, you are absolutely right. Um, you know, first off, college doesn't prepare you for what's coming. They give you the textbook stuff. They give you the theories. But reality is so different, right? And right now, because of this shortage, so many states are allowing teachers that are not fully certified to be able to be in the classrooms. And so that's a, an even bigger gap that those um, young people or even maybe people changing careers midlife, um, you know, they're going to feel that pressure. And then, as you said, it's more than just teaching curriculum. It is about supporting the whole child. It is about supporting the communities in some areas. Um, I took on some some pretty challenging areas. And one of my biggest things I had to do as the leader was to build that community, that relationship with my families, because maybe that wasn't already established within that neighborhood. And that is a big factor of a failing school. So having said that, I really want to think about the things that the school cannot do or the school wouldn't have time to do. As a principal, every new teacher, every second year teacher that worked with me had a mentor but those mentors, they have responsibilities as well, right? They have a full load sometimes of a class and curriculum to teach or other responsibilities. They can't be holding their hand all the time. Your district's going to give you policy, procedures, expectations. But what I do is I think about those other things that way back in 1995, when I started teaching, the things that were breaking me because I had a horrible first year. I really, I was going to quit it at Christmas break. I really was. And had I had some of the support that I have now for these new people, then I know I would have been able to be farther ahead. Um, the good news is I didn't quit and I was successful over 28 years, but it's things like building relationships and understanding the importance of communicating with everybody, the student and the family. We even have a section, uh, I do work with my daughter on this and um, she's a six, sixth year teacher. And um, we talk about the importance of grades and what grades actually do. Because just because a child fails something possibly doesn't mean that they can't learn it. It just means that they didn't learn it in the way that you taught it. And we need to make adjustments, but new people and even sometimes veteran people, they just don't understand that. So we kind of look at those behind the scenes kinds of um, skills and really try to build those things because those are the things that are going to make you cry in the classroom. I mean, they will. I'm just being very honest. I'm not in public anymore, so I can say that, right? But um yeah, it's just, it's a lot. And I, I feel for the teachers um, because not only do they have to take up for all those skills, but, you know, they're not, they're not getting the greatest pay. They're not getting the greatest, you know, kind of benefits in that. And it is a 24-7 job. You can't just leave it at five o'clock and go home and not think about those children. You just can't. No. 
I, I fully agree. And I love that you, you know, bring up the fact that, you know, crying in the classroom, because I think that's something we, we need to normalize that. Yes, it is a very emotional job. You're dealing with young people that you care about, that you want to see succeed. And I mean, it's totally normal to feel overwhelmed or feel like just taken over by by some of that sometimes and you know having someone like yourself mention it publicly that yeah it does happen and you're good in fact it's going to happen um you know maybe takes away some of that shame when you're like oh i'm failing because i'm crying in my classroom at 4 30. <laughs> well and angela you're right because i'd also say you know being a life coach we bring in that um piece of what is work-life balance? What are boundaries? Is it okay? I mean, it's okay to be stressed, like what you said. It's okay to cry. We're human, right? But I think we try to set ourselves up to be so perfect and to do all of the things because we want to be perfect that we're embarrassed by all of that. And so we really talk about take time for yourself. And um, I was telling a teacher just this past week don't take your bag of things home every day thinking that you're going to work on those things every night. They're just taking a car ride. That's all they're doing. They're taking a tour to your house and they're going to stay in your car all night. I mean, that's just reality. I've been there. And then you lay in bed at night going, oh, I have the, that bag of papers I should have been going over. And then you don't sleep because you're th processing that through your mind all night long where you could have just said, you know what, I'm not taking these home today. I know that they need to get done by such and such a day. I will have a plan for that, but today's not the day. Today, I'm giving myself a, a break. And I think we're afraid to do that as educators. Absolutely true. I, I know I liken myself to a hermit crab with the amount of stuff sometimes I carry around with me. Like I'm going to get time magically, right, to open it up. And then I'm like, no, this is just taking up space. And um, so what, one thing I love that you do is you you apply tools and techniques that you learned running schools to helping people grow their business. How how did you come like understand that those things were transferable? That's a really good question. Um, it's kind of funny because I've had people literally say, um, oh, well, you just play with children all day. And actually... There's a lot of research out there that the principal is actually the CEO of the, the organization, right? We have to take care of processes and procedures, systems, hiring, managing people, um, making sure the climate and culture is, is where it needs to be to be most conducive for the work we do, plus budgeting and all of the other things, just like a business. And when I left out at the end of May, I just really thought about, you know, these processes are pretty universal. If I've used them in three different schools, three completely different communities, and actually two different states, and they've worked, and I've shared them with other school leaders, and they've worked, why couldn't those work when we're talking about businesses? 
And what I do think a lot of times, again, bringing in that life coaching piece and and just the whole principledness of it all, <laughs> we're people, people, right? We we have to build that climate culture. We have to build those communities. And I think we forget that sometimes in business, that it's all about the bottom line, generating the money or generating the client. But it's really about if you want a solid, successful business, it is about the soft skills along with those other kinds of skills to be able to really, really prosper and really do great things in the world. And so I really felt like I can bring that to the table. And what I do, because I'm a teacher at heart, I don't do it for you. I do it with you so that later on, 10 years from now or 15 years from now, if we go through another crisis in our economy or whatever seems to happen, you can then go, whoa, wait a minute. I know how to do this. I can figure this out. I don't have to go hire someone to do this again. I am efficient enough now. I am skilled enough now that I can bring those skill, those processes back into it all and utilize them in my best ability. So that's the goal is that you become self-sufficient, that you don't need me forever. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. Just like with teachers, right? <laughs> like it's, it's just it. And so if someone were you know, looking at, you know, either their, their education environment or their business. And they're saying, okay, like I am missing this climate culture piece. Cause I, I, we talk about it all the time, right? Everybody talks about culture. Everybody talks about like right now we're talking, you know, about Jimmy Fallon and his toxic work environment and it's everywhere. But it, where do you start? Like, what would you tell someone if they knew that that had been lacking, they'd been neglecting that area, where would they begin to think about how to make that change? So I think one of the big things that we really have to first off remember, and my program um, or support, I don't know if I should say a program, but my support really looks at three big areas because you're either going to be deficient in one of these three or maybe a combination. Climate culture is one. Um, the second one is your processes and systems. And then your third one is your leadership skills. And sometimes um, again, with that combination, it's hard to take the personal out of it. So the very first thing that I have everyone that works with me commit to, whether I'm working with teachers, schools, or businesses, that you have to commit that we're going to take this journey together and you're not going to take it personal because it's not about you being a good or a bad person. It's about mm -hmm. this is what's happening within your business or within your classroom or within your school. That's the first step. And then we have to do that deep dive analysis. We have to figure out what is really happening. And when you sit down and do that the first time, I promise you, you're being very surface level. You may not feel like it. You may feel like you're really, really digging deep into things. But with one of the processes that I have, we really get down to the core reason why you are not being successful or not being where you want to be. And we talk about controllable and uncontrollable factors because so many of us want to fix what we can't control. And those are the first few steps. Um, of course, I have some surveys and I have some things to do with your, your staff or your clients and customers to really get a full picture. But I think that's the biggest thing is First, we have to start out with what is our reality? Where are we so that we can determine where we want to go? 
That's really great. That's a really great place to start. And now, Sharon, I know you've got, you know, two books out that you do touch on some of this stuff. Could you tell us a bit about those? I sure can. Um, so I'm in the Unleash Her uh, anthology that came out last year in 2022 in October. And that really was my breakthrough chapter, right? Our stories were that um, we find the moment where we knew we were built for more as women. And we talk about that. And um, if you've read the, the chapter, um, I was a teenage mom. I was not expecting to have children in my life. I just wasn't because of my childhood experiences, but there she was. And the moment that I looked at my daughter after she was born, I was like, no, I can't disappoint her. She is my most important and I have to make her proud. And so everything I've done in my life and my journey has always been so that my daughter can have the best life that she possibly could have. Um, and then this summer, we just had the female leaders behind the scenes come out. And I talk about specifically my philosophy of leadership. My chapter is titled Lead, um, I'm sorry, Lead, Serve, Love. And I talk about those specific things, how I lead, how I really find that the most important thing to do is to serve, serve my community, serve my staff, serve my students, and then to make sure that everyone knows that I'm there and I love them, that I will stand up for them no matter what. And that is a philosophy that I bring right into the work I do now as my own uh, solopreneur in my business. So it's kind of a, a whole gamut kind of thing, a whole lifestyle, a whole philosophy. But um, yeah, this the writing was very fun and exciting and it's just neat to see how it's impacting others in the world. Yeah, I love it. I, I've read both your chapters um, and definitely recommend people go out, pick up the books, definitely check out the chapters, especially, you know, read Sherry's information. Um, so if our audience was to, you know, find you, learn more about you, find out more about how you serve and what you have to offer, where's the best place for them to find you? I think the best thing to do would be to go to my website um, because it's been, it's evolving, it's growing, it's um becoming better and better every day, but sherrydixonconsulting.com, super simple. Just go ahead and go there and you will find links to all of my social media. You'll find links to my um, YouTube channel, my podcast. You'll find links to the books and there's a tab there where you can also uh, catch up with me and learn how you can work with me. I love it. And I have to say that for as long as I've known Sherry, she has constantly been evolving thank you so i have <laughs> high expectations of what we'll see from her in the future no pressure um so sherry one last question before we go what would you say is the best advice you ever received while on your journey um it, it's kind of funny that you asked that because i honestly just received it about two weeks ago and um i was working with my business coach and i've i've had a lot of great people supporting me through my life, right? I was a very young principal when I first took over my first school, which was unusual. Um, at the time, I, I've i been able to go and study at Harvard, and I've just been able to do these amazing things, right? My journey has been just fantastic. But a couple of weeks ago, I was meeting with my business coach and just talking about this transition, and I really have done a big midlife reinvention um, recently. And I, I always say I'm a recovering perfectionist. 
But one of the things that she stopped me this day in particular and said, you have to celebrate the things that you're doing well. Because I went into this thinking I was going to have as successful of a month in the month of July, the first month out, right? As I did after 28 years in education, just because that was, that was my thought, that was my process. Um, and I think sometimes, especially as leaders, as moms, as teachers, as whatever our role is, we think we should be at a specific place. And until we're there, we don't we don't celebrate ourselves. We don't appreciate the work we've done or the accomplishments that we've made because we're not there yet. And she told me, you have to stop and you have to step back and you need to look at all of the things you've accomplished. Because if you don't, you're going to lose your momentum and your motivation and you'll never get to where you want to go. And I think that that is such a profound piece of advice because we all do it, right? Yeah, no, I, that that resonates with me so much, so much. Well, Sherry, thank you so much for making time to speak with me today. Um, it's been it's been really wonderful. Um, I love listening to what you had to say. So yeah. thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a, It's been a great time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me because I love being able to, you know, share my my knowledge and experiences with the world. Awesome. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in to today's episode of the She Rises Studios podcast. We will see you all again soon. Thank you all so much for joining another episode of She Rises Studios podcast. Please follow us online at She Rises Studios. You can also visit our website at www.sherisesstudios.com.